Good morning, children of God. Welcome to this glorious day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Glad to have you joining in this morning for our Red Ridge worship service this morning. Um, I do have a few prayer concerns that I want to lift up as we go to God in prayer this morning. If you would, please remember Jeanette Raymond as she is going to be having surgery on Tuesday. So uh, please pray for her. Um, her son will be here but will not be able to be with her. So uh, we all know how hard this is during this time for surgeries and things of that sort. So just remember Jeanette as she goes in for surgery on Tuesday. Continue to keep PJ Armour in your prayers. And also we have a praise this morning for Miss Ruth. Uh, I spoke with her last night. And she is feeling so much better. She said she's not 100% yet, but she is well on the way. So it was great to hear her voice. And I'm sure there are other concerns that are on our hearts and our minds this morning. So let us go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty and awesome God, we just thank you so much for this gift of this beautiful day that we have. Father, we just lift these concerns that we have spoken to you, Lord, and we know that you are already in those places and with those individuals, and we thank you for what you're going to do in and through them. Lord, for Miss Jeanette, who will be having surgery on Tuesday, Lord, we just ask that you guide the hands of the surgeon, and Lord, we just pray that this will be an end to the pain that Jeanette has been having. And we pray that she has a successful recovery. Lord, for PJ, who has gotten this diagnosis of cancer, Father, we just lift PJ up to you. And Lord, we just pray your wisdom as he goes to the cancer center, Lord, and they make decisions about treatment and what will need to be done. And Lord, just let him feel the prayers of his church family, praying him through this time. And Lord, we just give you thanks for Miss Ruth. And Father, she was in a much different place this time last week. And just to hear her voice last night on the phone was a huge improvement. So we just thank you for what you did in her and with her health, Lord. And God, we know that there are so many others that we are lifting up to you in our hearts and our minds. Father, most especially this morning, we continue to lift up those health care workers, those who are there with these COVID-19 patients day in and day out, Lord. We just pray that you will pour your mercies out upon them each and every day, fresh, Lord. Give them a fresh anointing and a fresh love and passion, Lord, for what they do and the jobs that they hold, Father. We thank you for this beautiful day, the sunshine. Lord, again, uh, this time last week, we weren't seeing this. So we really appreciate and love the beauty of this day that you have given us. And Lord, we just dedicate this day to you as Lord, we should do every day, dedicating every day to your glory, praying for you to instill in each of us the love and the compassion, Lord, that your son Jesus had on the human race. Lord, let us have that kind of compassion and love and let us share it 
with those that we come into contact this morning with. Father, we just lift these things up to you this morning. We also lift up, Father, prayers for our government, for our local, state, and national leaders, Lord, and even leaders around the, the world, Father, who are having to make the same decisions that are being made here, Father. Just give them your wisdom. Father, speak to their hearts and let them have the conviction of their decisions, Lord, and may they be blessed in those decisions. Father, we again just lift these up to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of 1 Peter. It's the first chapter, and it's just two small verses. It's verses 22 and 23. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring Word of God. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading and the hearing of His Word. Let us pray. God, again, as we come to you lifting up this passage of Scripture, Lord, speak to our hearts, speak to our lives, Lord, and encourage us, guide and direct us, but most of all, Lord, urge us on to this kind of deep and passionate love for each other. In Christ's name we pray, amen. In this time of pandemic, of social distancing and quarantine, where is it that we draw our identity and our sense of belonging from? Growing up, we would be out and about playing with the other kids in the neighborhood, going on all types of adventures, up and down Hill Avenue in Hueytown and even beyond our little street. And at certain times throughout the day, you could hear calls made from moms hollering for their children to come home. As I grew up and I went away to college, the times for coming home grew further and further apart. But when I did come home, it was always a special deal. There were favorite meals that were planned. There was extended family coming by to visit. As my own kids came along and began to grow, those very same routines were experienced again in another generation. Now that they are all grown and living their own lives, periodically one or the other will call, maybe going through a tough time in their life. And as a mom, as I listen, my automatic response always seems to be, 
come home just for a little bit. I remember one time in particular that one of the kids had called and their response was, your home is not my home anymore. And that truth cut me to the heart. I guess as a parent, when you say something like, come home, you're not necessarily thinking of a physical house, but more a sense of being, a sense of being with family, family that knows and loves and supports each other, a sense of belonging to something bigger than yourself, a place where you can get yourself centered again. In this first letter that Peter wrote, it was not necessarily written to a particular congregation like the letters of Paul were. It was written to the Christians of the dispersion, those Jews who were scattered all over and throughout the Gentile countries and who were not in their own homelands. 1 Peter seeks to make the strange familiar and the familiar strange for believers who feel very much at home in that dominant culture of that time. The letter addresses believers as though they were Gentile converts who are struggling to distance themselves from their former way of life. These believers face the pressure to conform to the attitudes, the customs, and the behaviors that characterize who they were before becoming Christians. God has given them new birth into a new family, but they must familiarize themselves with the values and the lifestyles of their new reality as Christians. <clears throat> Peter understands how becoming a Christian is a process and not just something that happens overnight. Becoming like Christ evolves and it's not only a spiritual transformation but it's an identity formation as well. In a sense, Peter was calling those dispersed Jews home, reminding them to stay centered in Jesus Christ. Peter talked about the importance of recalling the past so that the realization of the true Christian ideal was not just the goal of being happy all the time, as defined by many by the material things that they have. But it was also to become holy, as shown by Jesus in terms of the spiritual realm. What I hear Peter saying here 
to believers living under hard times, stress, and distress is that God, through Christ, has given us choices. Choices to continue to live in ignorance or to conform to a life of reverence. The choice of staying cozy with the foolish or seeking the company of the faithful. The choice of conveying contempt to God as Satan would love to have us do. Or steadfastly obeying God's directive as exemplified by His Son, Jesus Christ. Christ-less living or Christ-like living. Separation from God or separation to God. All of these choices have consequences of eternal significance. I think that one of the things that we can take away from our scripture today is to be encouraged to endure by a hope that is sure. Let me repeat that. To be encouraged to endure by a hope that is sure. Rather than dwell on the negative aspects of our lives, it is far better to focus on the positive outcome of our faith in God. First Peter has an important word to speak, both for those who feel alienated from society and for those who find themselves comfortable within it. First Peter calls us to embrace the life that we are in right now. To live it out with complete and utter commitment. Seeing it not as some uncomfortable place where we are restricted and sentenced to but as a priceless gift, the gift of home centered in Christ, where we are loved, supported, encouraged, and fed. And out of all of that, that gift of home, the genuine love that we have for others will grow and will deepen. As I was studying this week, I came across a study, a story of a Brazilian Indian tribe that was being ravaged by a contagious disease. A Christian missionary arrived and decided that the tribe's only hope was to cross a nearby river for inoculations that were being done at an infirmary on the other side. But the Indians believed that the river was inhabited by evil spirits and that going into the water meant certain death. 
to overcome the tribe's superstition, the missionary explained how he himself had crossed the river and had arrived unharmed in the midst of their village. But no luck. He led the people to the bank of the river. He walked out into the river and he splashed water in his face. Still, they hesitated. Finally, he dove down deep in the water and he swam underwater until he reached the other side and he emerged out of the waters. The Indians broke into cheers and laughter and they too began to follow across to the other side of the river. You know, in much the same way, Jesus explained to his followers that hard times and despair and ultimately death are like rivers that we all must go through before we get to the other side. And that Christians need not fear and lose heart. At first, folks didn't believe him. He touched a little boy and he brought him back to life. He whispered life into the heart of a little girl. He let a dead man lay in the tomb for four days, then called him out. People were still not convinced. Jesus had to submerge himself in death before the people would believe that their disease of despair and that death itself had been conquered. But after he came out on the other side of his death experience, he appeared to them soon after his resurrection and then ascended up out of their sight into heaven from where he had come. It was at that time that the people began to cheer and to celebrate and to spread the good news. And that they did, as do we today. George MacDonald, who was a Scottish author, poet, and Christian minister, spoke these words. God's thoughts, his will, his love, his judgments are all man's home. To think his thoughts, to choose his will, to love his loves, to judge his judgments, and thus to know that he is in us is to be at home. So, as we continue today in our quarantine, let us think of home in those terms. And remember the words from Peter chapter 1, 
verses 22 and 23. As you set yourselves apart by your obedience to the truth, so that you might have genuine affection for your fellow believers, love each other deeply and earnestly. Do this because you have been given new birth, not from the type seed that decays, but from seed that doesn't. This seed is God's life-giving and enduring word. Let us pray. Lord, we are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with your people and also members of your household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, we too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Help us to remember that Christ is our home, whether we are sheltered in place or gathered together as the family of God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.